0: We get told the following all the time. You should see my kid's backpack. I'm afraid to explore it too deeply. We hear you and we share your fears. By the end of an academic year, the backpack can be one of the gnarliest things and parents can't wait to throw it away. And really, I can't wait for it too. We decided to do this episode, which is super specific to this backpack issue, at the beginning of the school year so we can talk about this issue that frankly really bugs parents and what we do as educational therapists to mitigate the backpack black hole. Let's dig in.
1: You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi Smarties, I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. And welcome to episode 16 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast called Why Does Your Backpack Look Like That? <laughs> this episode is a part of our executive function series and other episodes in this series are episode two, how to calendar, episode five, executive functioning and why everyone is talking about it, and episode 10, ADHD and executive function. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes, be sure to scroll back in your podcast app and catch up. Those episodes answer a lot of your questions, and we share so many ideas and tricks and tips that can have a direct impact on your child's academic experience. And let's be honest, it will make your life easier and more efficient, too. Yes. So, Steph, let's talk about the title of this episode. The language of it, I think, is really interesting, Because the
0: second a parent is asking this question, it's a little too late, right? Very few clients that I have that come in that have a backpack that is beautiful, yeah, gorgeous, and you're willing to go into, right? Most I don't want to stick my hand into. I think some of the gnarliest things I found are you know those Lunchable meats. Ugh. I've found those in the bottom of a backpack.
1: I found like the smush, like the smush sandwich. Oh, yeah. That, like, is in the plastic baggie, and it's just taken on a life of its own and growing a life of its own. (laughs) So So we do want to normalize that this backpack (laughs) issue is something that a lot of parents experience, especially if your child has a learning challenge or struggles with executive functioning or struggles with organization. It's absolutely one of the first things we deal with, and we totally get why it's triggering to a lot of parents. It's triggering for us. We don't want to deal with it
0: either. Yeah, it's like that junk drawer where yeah. people put food in it, also. Ugh. I mean, it just, that's a recipe for disaster. Let's remember our kids are not doing
1: this on purpose. They're not trying to upset us. They don't know what's in their backpack, which is one of the reasons why they're coming to an educational therapist to begin with. And we just wanted to do this episode because we hear it all the time from new parents that the backpack is a major issue. It gets brought
0: up all the time, and it's
1: definitely one of our frequently asked questions.
0: Yeah, and we're giving you permission to throw it away Yes, if it's super gnarly and just get a really cheap one.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about the backpacks that we prefer and we like later in this episode. And we also talked about it last week, which was episode 15, School Supplies, What You Need and What You Absolutely Don't Need. So this is a great companion to last week's episodes and really the last kind of two or three episodes that we've released in this kind of back to school gearing up period
0: of time. So we're giving you permission That you can change the structure and the boundaries of how your kids do things. We talk a lot about this in episode 6 called dreaded homework. About having a cutoff time for when homework must end. Whether or not it's due. We're not powerless in this situation. So with a backpack, let's change how we structure having our kids use it and what goes in it. And how to stay on top of it.
1: So you and I, when we were writing this episode, as you guys have started to learn, sometimes Steph and I disagree about things, or sometimes I want to go full force uh, a thousand percent and let's just do it the right way from the get-go. And Steph reminds me that, no, we need to sometimes have those stepping stones. Steph, wouldn't you agree? This is a conversation (laughs) we have? Yes. (laughs) So when we were writing this episode, I wrote, it should be a part of the daily routine to sort through it after school, and it should be a part of the nightly routine to pack it up at night. But Steph, you reminded me that sometimes daily tasks are not feasible, especially if it's never happening. We might need to have a smaller, more manageable goal that is achievable and
0: realistic. Yeah, and I break it down sometimes because I've tried with clients before. I don't want to set them up for failure. So sometimes it's- right. All I'm looking for for this week is that either you don't have food in it or you have all the floating papers, have a home. And so those
1: are some really big goals. And I will tell you that a lot of the clients that I have and Steph, I'm sure this is true for you. If we give them that kind of responsibility in between sessions, they will follow through with it, Mm -hmm. but they'll follow through with it right before session. Which is fine. It's totally fine as long as it's before they walk in the door with us. And it's also one of the reasons that we like to see clients with some frequency. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Because
0: you can't stay on top of it if... Too much time passes. Yeah. And and remember, it takes a while to start a new habit. And the more structure... You can give something, the more it'll become routine and it helps with memory so they don't have to sit there and remember to do it. Right. So this is really, really important. So fine, if they do it right before they see me, at least they're practicing doing it and they know they have a deadline to have it done by. Totally.
1: And I would also say that this becomes a predictable part of our session. I have almost all my middle school and high school students. This is what we start off with. We start off with, how is your time? Are you managing your time, meaning is your calendar updated and accurate to today? And how do your things look? Especially those kids who have been with us a little bit longer, they'll kind of just come in and sit down and start doing those two things, which is fine. I'm happy to let them do it independently without me reminding them. The amount of time that organizing their time with their calendar and organizing their space with their backpack and binder takes always lessens the longer that they've been with us.
0: Yeah, because it becomes habitual and easier and they're not doing as much background work. Right. We've been
1: saying a lot, create the structure at home. Can you give some ideas about that?
0: So maybe the structure is you're going through the backpack and the binder and everything right when you get home from school. Taking the lunchbox out and emptying it in order to earn your snack is a really good thing Mm -hmm. I used to do with the kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe you make sure that you're packing it up before bedtime so that it's not in the morning and you put it by the front door and you've made a designated time for this to happen. You know, it could be before dinner, depending on your family. It could be before they go take a shower or a bath, or it could be right after or whatever works for your family. But setting aside time and getting some input from your child as to what they want to do and what they think will work will really get you the buy-in.
1: I also want to add, we're going to be giving a lot of information in this episode about what type of backpack to use and what should be in the backpack and how a backpack should be used throughout the day. As always, we want to remind you, this isn't us coming to you and saying, change everything. Steph and I are huge advocates of one small change at a time. And quite frankly, pick the goal for the thing that's annoying you the most. Right, Steph? <laughs> yeah.
0: The thing that's annoying you the most or the thing that if it's all really annoying, then the thing that's the most challenging for your student. Or sometimes I have parents choose something that's the most achievable.
1: Great. Because success will bring success.
0: Yep. Exactly. So if once your child sees that they can do it, they're going to want to do something more, especially if they earn something by keeping it tidy or whatever the goal is. If they've earned that five minutes of screen time or a walk to the park, it doesn't have to be monetary. And we'll talk a lot about this, about knowing your kid's currency later on in another episode. But it's really important that your child sees that you're really proud of how much effort they're putting into it. Because if it were easy, they would have done it already.
1: I'm just going to be really blunt. Steph and I are huge advocates of bribing your kid to do the things that they don't want to do
0: yeah, if your kid struggles with it, it's because it's hard. Exactly. And they don't have the intrinsic motivation that you want, and it's not going to magically appear if it's already not there. So especially with elder elementary, middle school, and high school students, this is something that you're going to have to figure out what works for your family. And like I said before, it doesn't have to be monetary. No, but
1: there has to be some sort of reward, right?
0: Yeah, because... A reward makes you want to do something. Think about in your life when you get a reward for doing something good or when you get paid for working and doing a good job or just getting recognized for all of the effort that you've put in. It feels good and it makes you want to do it more. So remember that for your child.
1: We also are incredibly specific about what type of backpack to use. So if your child's backpack is a black hole, (laughs) let's question the backpack itself. These kids who love the black hole backpack typically love a backpack with a ton of zippers, a lot of gadgets, a lot of places for things to get lost, and for food to get moldy. So let's remove these opportunities and let's get them a backpack that has one big zipper and one zipper in the front. I think there needs to be a spot for a water bottle personally, but if it's not on the side, then a water bottle can absolutely be put inside the backpack. But really, I think, Steph, you and I would agree that we would cap it out at – no pun intended, my last name – but we would cap it out (laughs) at no more than three zippers or spaces on the backpack. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is just asking for things to – they're going to crawl into the black hole and you're never going to see them again. Gross. The fact that you use. Use the word crawl is just hilarious to
1: me (laughs) because they're absolutely right. So, if you're curious about which backpack we recommend. Definitely go back and listen to episode 15. We really do a deep dive onto the backpack. A lot of what you just heard, but we shared more. And also go back and be sure to visit our website, www.learnsmarterpodcast.com, to get the free shopping list from episode 15, because it directly
0: links to the type of backpack that we're talking about. And remember, it doesn't have to be an expensive backpack. Not necessary. Doesn't need to be fancy. So in episode 15, we also talk about the things that should be in the backpack, the things that your child actually needs, not all the things your child wants, but what they actually need. And that list is very small. And some of you who haven't listened to episode 15, you might be surprised by this, but it's very short. It's a binder with limited paper, pencils, a calculator if it's age appropriate, Different colored pens, only three of them. Only three pencils also. Three pencils also. So a blue, a black, and a red pen or colored pencils, you only need three. A lunchbox and water bottle. Your planner if you're using a paper planner versus the digital. A laptop if you're using a laptop in school. Or a tablet. And for some kids, I have them use a folder with homework to turn in. This is a very specific situation because this student really, really struggled with turning in homework. And the plan that we created was a homework folder that everything that got assigned got put into that little folder. And it was just one of those ones with a pocket on each side, like a trapper keeper. I don't know what they're called, but the little itty bitty ones. Remember back in the day, the Lisa Frank... Folders. Oh yeah, for those. sure, for sure. Yeah. So just the the basic ones. And so one side had assigned, and one side had to be turned in. And he was a middle schooler. And so what he did was he went to school. He got to school early in the morning, and he went around to each classroom where his teachers were, and he turned in his homework before school started. And that worked for him. So I'm just throwing it out there. It's not ideal. If it can work, otherwise, but we do know there's certain circumstances where Just having that and not having a folder might not work for your child. You might need it. I'm not a fan of this.
1: (laughs) I totally understand why this might be necessary, but I would argue that this is a very unique one-off situation and you absolutely want to make it work with a binder, with limited paper, with individual dividers. Go back and listen to episode 15 because we really explain how to set up the binder in episode 15. I would argue that that is much better to try to make that work. And stuff. I know you agree. Oh, for sure. That's my first try. And if that doesn't work, then you have to do something different. Yep. Absolutely. I'm just going to run through one more time the seven or eight things that need to be in a backpack. And they are a binder with limited paper, three pencils, an age-appropriate calculator, three different colored pens, or three colored pencils, lunchbox and water bottle, a planner, if you have a paper planner or a laptop or tablet, and then Steph's extra folder for homework. (laughs) So Steph, I'm really excited to share this backpack map idea with our audience. It's great for younger students who need a visualization or a picture reminder of where everything should go in their backpack. It's great for disorganized kids. Honestly, even the older kids, it helps them to visualize it. How would you explain the backpack map?
0: Yeah. And I think the backpack map, originally you told me about it several
1: years ago. Yeah, I remember you and I having the conversation about the backpack map, but I want to give credit because I think I learned about it from understood.org. That's definitely a website that we've referenced before. And if you have Facebook, absolutely go and follow Understood because they offer up some really great and specific videos and articles that really pertain to the type of child that we're all working with. And honestly, even to typical kids would benefit from looking at that website. So that's just a great little resource. But Steph, you can go ahead and explain what a backpack map is.
0: So I've done this with clients before where we've drawn a backpack and the big pocket and the little pocket. And having them decide, we put out all the different supplies listed out next to him so he could see what he needed to include in his backpack. And he drew... Where everything should live in his backpack. And so he put it on this map. And then I had him pack up his backpack according to the map that he made, which is a really great exercise for so many reasons and executive function and learning how to read a map once you make one and all of that. But it was really fun for him to have ownership and feel like, oh, this is where it needs to live, this is its home. And Then it didn't all get shoved in. And he was actually really excited and good about it from then on, which was amazing, this one student in particular that I'm thinking of. What do you have to add, Rach? I would
1: argue that when you make it this fun, artistic, visual process, kids get super into it. It becomes less laborious than, organize your backpack. And I'm like pointing my finger while I'm saying that. (laughs) Um, Once we've gotten to the point where we're telling kids to organize their backpack, we just need to accept that they don't know what we mean. And so this gives students an opportunity to know what we mean, to be a partner in making the plan. And then this is also something that you can refer back to. So... Earlier, I was mentioning that kids need to organize their time and organize their stuff when they come into session. Oftentimes, we'll pull out the backpack map or I'll have a photo share with a client that we've taken a picture of the backpack map that they've created, and it's something that they can reference back to consistently. Eventually, it will become habitual and we don't do it as frequently, but that's the whole goal of vet therapy is to create this habit and then no longer need a reminder to do the habit. The last major concept that we wanted to talk about when it comes to the backpack is actually really an important component of having a backpack that often gets forgotten. And I call this exercise pruning the backpack. So pruning, to my understanding of it, I'm not a neuropsych, but is when your brain discards information that it no longer deems useful, and therefore you don't remember it. So Think back to I know in episode eleven or episode twelve, whichever one was the math episode, I was talking about systems of equations. And Steph, you were (laughs) looking at me like, what, like it's been a while (laughs) since you had even thought about systems of equations. And so your brain pruned that information and was like, This is no longer useful for me. I no longer need to remember it, which a lot of students do. And we all do, like it's a natural function of your brain. My I've remember systems of equations because I've never Not needed them. I've always worked with students on this. So when it comes to pruning the backpack, we want to do exactly that. We want to discard papers that are no longer deemed necessary. There's a middle step of this. This is like a three-step process. The first is you want to completely throw away papers that are unnecessary. So doodles, those papers that are floating around, Papers that don't have a home and aren't going to be used for school, those can go ahead and be taken out of the binder completely. The second are papers that are still in process, things that there's going to be an upcoming test about or I need to keep my notes or etc. And then the third are the papers that don't need to be carried around in the backpack but need to be kept. So, this is really the step that students do not do with any frequency. They do not go through their notebook and take out old tests, take out old notes that no longer are applicable to what they're currently learning, and safely store them somewhere. So, I have a section of my office where kids know that we keep anything that's graded, we keep papers, we keep old notes but you don't necessarily need to keep them in your backpack. This specifically, I feel, is what makes the backpack so heavy and horrible by the end of the year. There is no reason in May that you need a test that you took in September. You don't need to carry it around daily. You may need it to review for, if you're like a middle school or high school student, you may need it to refer back to for a final or a test, which is why we keep them in the office and why we keep, or some kids who I trust can take it home and have a place to at home. But honestly, I would say the vast majority of my kids just are like, oh, let it live in the office. It's fine. And we kind of do this periodically. I would say once every six to eight weeks, I would say by Thanksgiving, we've pruned the binder and pruned the backpack. Definitely before winter break, around spring break, and definitely at the end of the year when we're going through everything. So I think I just listed four or five times.
0: You know, I've done this when kids have been really emotional about school, mm-hmm. when it's not necessarily one of those right before break times, or right before testing or anything like that, when let's just get rid of some stuff. Yeah, And it feels a little lighter and a little better, and, and you feel a little freer. So... It just depends on the client and the situation, but it really feels good to get rid of that stuff as long as the kids know never to get rid of things that have a grade on it or to get rid of things that could be important down the line because they're not thinking necessarily if you have a new middle schooler or a new high schooler and they're about to have midterms or finals and they haven't done that before, they don't seem to realize because they haven't been told that they're going to have to know more information than they just worked on. So. It's a good learning experience, learning how to prune and what you need to keep and what you don't need to keep. I think it's also shocking to our kids
1: when we like take the pile of papers that we're throwing away and the pile of the papers that we've deemed important and that we need to keep, and they feel how heavy it is, and then they feel their binder and their backpack in comparison to how it felt before. I think they're shocked. And so this is something that we feel is really important to do as a part of educational therapy. And the one thing that I want to add is if your child has that teacher who is, shall we say, an unreliable reporter about grades, so sometimes they don't input grades, but they'll return the assignment, or they input the grades inaccurately and We need to be monitoring it to make sure that everything is accurate. I would say this is a very low percentage of teachers, but you need to be mindful of that also when you're pruning the backpack. And this class, we need to probably keep a little bit more than I would
0: in a different class, just because you know the style of the teacher. Smarties, we hope this has been really helpful in dealing with an explosion of a backpack for you. And if you're interested in hearing more and we really want you to be involved, with our Facebook group, Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast. You can go to our website, www.learnsmarterpodcast.com, or you can go to Facebook and find us on there. We'll see you next week.